for you. 
It's only you that satisfy. 
Just, just worship Him. Just focus on Him. This is one of those times you don't want worship to end. You don't want to be the one that ends it. You know what I'm talking about. Just, Lord, we want you. Lord, we thank you for every song. It was just so right for this moment, God. We give you all the praise, all the glory, honor, thanksgiving. Holy, mighty God. Lord, thank you. Worship, it's in our DNA. It's what we'll do for all of eternity, Lord. Just bless you, Jesus. Bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read some scriptures. Listen to this. It says, the Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. This is out of Isaiah chapter 33. He dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice. Say justice. Righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge. Right, listen. Justice, righteousness, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. You need them all. And the strength of salvation. Now listen to this. This is over in verse 15. He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppression now what that means gain is dishonest gain that's taking something you did not legally earn as your own you see where i'm going on this when i read stuff like this i get excited but then it, it talks about those who put their trust in him they may despise ill-gotten gain and dishonesty but these are the ones who will dwell on high because they're looking to him. They may see what's happening in the world, but their focus is something much greater. They're looking to the one above. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given to him. His water will be sure. I'm taking that literally. I'm not going to run out of bread and not going to run out of water. It says your eyes, but it doesn't stop there. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. And they will see the land that is very far off. In other words, we're focused on eternity. God stamped eternity within us. And this is the same chapter where we get that scripture that where we got the, you know, the three different branches of our government. For it says in verse 22, for the Lord is our judge. He's our judicial branch. The Lord is our lawgiver. He's the legislative branch. The Lord is our king. He's the executive branch. He will save us. This is good stuff. Thank you, Lord. So we stand on his word. I, I'll trust in his word any day before I trust in the word of men. 
Hey, just a couple. Of, come on up, uh, Kathleen. She's been locked away with the Lord for like a month. And I, just, I said, can you keep it short? I don't know how you do that. And then I've got a wonderful testimony of parents that were healed of COVID. Where do you hear this? So the night of the election, the Lord um, woke me up at midnight and I started watching. I was in Arkansas because I was homeless and then I had, a, I had everything happened. So I wake up and I'm watching and the Lord said, it's a coup, but it's necessary because I cannot clean up your election system unless I go this way. He said, it's not just about Trump, it's also about governors. It's about people that have been using this system over 20 years illegally. And he said, now I am telling you we're in a new season, but before it begins, you have to see your president come through. And so I went into a month of just the hardest intercession I've ever been in in my life. And I'm a prophetic intercessor. I've been filled with the spirit 40 some years, but this was hard. It's been hard. And the Lord told me, don't forget the other part of Kim Clement's word. He said, he will serve two terms and he will not come in a praying man, but he will become a praying man. And the Lord told me, he said, unless I put him on his knees in this season. And the Lord showed me, I was there with him. And he showed me the devastation and the, even the trial of Trump saying, but they're gonna, this is destroying my family. Should I really fight? And, and he was in this place of transition and, and battle and he was on his knees so that he could become John. You know, not Donald, his first name means world ruler, but John the beloved. And the Lord said, T Kim's word was right. The first half he needed to be a world ruler, but the second half because of the shift that is now upon us, he needs to be the beloved because he has to know how to rely on God and on prayer to bring our nation back into the fullness that it's called to walk in. Now on Wednesday morning at 3 a.m., the breakthrough came. It came, you know, I, I, I mean, I was joined up with many other intercessors and at 3 a.m. when the third gong sounded, the Lord said, now I will do the Isaiah 59. He told me four years ago, it'll be like Isaiah 59. You will look for justice and it will not be found. You will look and you won't find the way. But I myself, in the middle of it, he said, I will raise up my own right arm. And he told me, my right arm is my angelic army host. And I'm about to release this army host to come upon your nation and do the work that you cannot do because of their lying and cheating. He said, you are not dealing with flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and dominions, dominions of darkness. But he told me, he said, now, I am raising up a church. I am raising up an ecclesia, every single one of you, that will stand in agreement. Because greater is he that is in you. All you have to do is say the word. The enemy never had what you had given to you. He never had the ability to speak for himself. He was not made in the image of God. He was not embreathed with the breath of God to have your lungs come out with God's breath and actually speak the words that need to be spoken. And every single one of you 
has to declare truth. And you have to stand solid with truth. And you can no longer listen to lies. You cannot, you cannot go into a battle and say, I don't know. I will tell you, when God gives a prophetic word, it's not so that you can sit down and say, oh, let's watch God do it. It's so that you can do it. He says, you're the portal. The prophetic word is what it looks like in heaven. And I need a portal with the word that says, I will bring it to earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as you have declared it in heaven. God declared it in heaven that Trump would serve. He's not just serving two terms. This isn't just about him. This is about a country. Because you know why? Until. He kept saying, the scripture says, until all the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that cannot happen if the devil owns all the kingdoms. And we're the until. We are the people that stand up and say, until, until I win, you are not taking me down. We are Americans. We are patriots. He said, I'm raising up the Patriot Party. And he said, it's the PPP. The Praying Patriot Party has arisen. Awesome. Amen. We agree with that. How many of you agree? Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Bless you, Lord. Jesus. Yes. Come on. Welcome, Devin O'Neill. Come on, Turner Luke. He's carrying on the battles in Louisiana, too. Let me tell you, big time. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Y'all have an awesome church, an awesome pastor, an awesome call and mandate that's on this church. And uh, I'm just going to ask God to help me articulate that to you. Father, I just... I ask, Lord, that you prepare each and every heart, Lord. Lord, we declare that you are the teacher. You say, call no man teacher, for you have one teacher, and it's the Spirit of Christ. So, Spirit of Christ, Lord, we just decrease, we humble ourselves, we come in weakness and fear and trembling. Lord, that there'd be a demonstration of your power, God. Lord, we need you to speak spiritual words today, Lord, and spiritual wisdom. Lord, that the people, your people, will receive an impartation of what you want to tell them. Lord, I'm wholly inadequate to do that without your help. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that they're going to receive what you're saying, God. You are the master of ceremony. Have your way today in this service. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I love the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The first time I came here, this lady right here, she prophesied over me for 12 minutes. What church does that? I was like, and she told me everything. <laughs> this church. Hallelujah. Well, look, this is so cool today. Some of the things that God set up. She told me everything I was doing, every, everything that was happening. I, was a I got it on my phone. It's crazy. And uh, I got here prophetically. I was at a meeting at uh, a school of ministry intensive at uh, Apostle Scott Neri that's in Kannapolis that has a, a, a call to the nation that this nation would be uh, saved. One of the things Reinhard Bonnke began to say was, America shall be saved. 
he was visited by Jesus Christ and uh, Jesus told him everything that's happening right now he said uh, he came out of prayer he got woke up at three o'clock in the morning came out of prayer and uh, he was praying he said the room turned electric and then he felt authority walk in the room with him and he turned around and Jesus was standing there and he said Scott I thought I told you to preach the gospel to all nations and Scott said I am Lord I'm traveling across the planet I don't know if I can do anymore he said yeah but you forgot the 50 states of the United States he said I'm the one that sets the borders so let this encourage you right now Jesus said I'm the one that sets the borders he said I don't want you to travel out the United States anymore and he said I want you to view each state as its own country and so what are we seeing right now we're seeing the fulfillment of the words of Jesus this should give us encouragement because God is not out of control this didn't surprise God God's not up, upstairs walking pacing around the throne biting his fingernails this is a part of God's plan and if we can understand what God's plan and we can move along with him we need to move with the Lord that we can be used by the Lord about what God is doing in this hour in this nation and this church has a very very important part to play in that and God wants to prophetically enlighten you in that area so you can position yourself to move with God that God could accomplish what he wants to accomplish in the earth today you didn't know that the gathering church in Moravian Falls was so important that it's really kind of the head of the spear of what's going to go on right now. North Carolina is a very important place, and God is going to articulate that to you today. So Jesus told him, he said, I want you to wake my church back up to power because they're walking in talk and not power. And there's a reason for that. When we begin to operate by the principles of the world or fear, then we short-circuit the power of God. He said, I want you to name it 420 Fire Power Evangelism. It's going to get people's attention. One of the reasons is because 420 is actually the national high time in High Times Magazine. Okay? But it re he said it stands for 1 Corinthians 420. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. And he said... Pure evangelism is loving people until they ask why. Those words stand in perfect unison with some words that were received by Bob Jones, which is buried on the property, and I didn't know that. This is wild. The man that told me is right here that told me Bob Jones was buried on this property. I did not know. Because he was told... Did you learn to love well? See, we, sometimes we don't understand what love is. See, we think love is, you know, you pat somebody on the back, you give them a hug. The definition in the Bible, the best definition, the clearest one, is when in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. He went beyond that. He said, if you love your brothers or those who love you back, what are you doing different than the pagans? Nothing. He said, love those who hate you. Bless those that despitefully use you. And then you'll be children of your Father in heaven who reigns on the just and the unjust. See, the world's waiting. They're looking to see this type of radical love because each and every one of us hunger and thirst for it. 
Jesus told Scott, he said, America shall be saved through a grassroots movement. This is God's mandate. And it's not exclusive to, to just 425. This is a mandate for the body of Christ because there's only one church. But it's a mandate that's intertwined with many different parts. And I'm going to uh, play this um, teaser video for you. I spoke last time about One Blood Revivals and then the blueprint that God gave us to occupy the land. Um, and that blueprint is small hand shift nations. It's, our mandate is literally to go to every single house in the United States of America with a spirit-filled believer. To inform them of what's happening to their children in the public school system. And we're seeing the power of God show up so strong that you can't even talk. But that's okay. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. But of power. What we're seeing is the mantle of peace falls on the person at the home. The person of peace. And that person begins to tell you what God is saying. How about if the person you're trying to evangelize says, I got to tell my family first, but my family won't listen to me because I'm not living right. I got to go to church. You think we can fill some churches up like that? Huh? That's what we're seeing happen. So I'm going to let them play this for you and then I'll continue. save our children and turn our nation back in the right direction. God's mandate. That's a tool that's given to us that we're seeing very effective things happen. How many of you know that the schools are the very foundation of the nation? There's a quote by a guy named James Wilson. He was one of the first Supreme Court justices, the second most active man in the Constitutional Convention. We see some things that are happening that are in our country trying to shred the Constitution right now, trying to bring in a form of government that this country was actually formed to stop. Do you know that North Carolina was the first state to declare its independence? April 12th. That was the same day the Civil War started too. It's very significant. It's the same day they did official stacking of arms and parades celebrating the end of the Civil War. It's also the same day that William Seymour of the Azusa Street Revival was baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
The number 12 represents the government of God. 2019, in the 400-year anniversary of slavery in America, I was in the Bonnie Bray House, the cradle for the Azusa Street Revival. April 4th is the anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King in the 400-year anniversary of slavery with an African-American man sitting beside me. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm going to weld the white man and the black man together for this end-time revival. William Seymour, 111 years ago, prophesied there would be a revival twice as strong as Azusa. It would travel across the United States. It would be nameless and faceless. And it would go across the planet. And it would heal the racial divide of the United States of America. Today, I want you to understand the significance of the prophetic call and purpose of this church, I believe. And the mantle that was on Bob Jones to bring this revival to fruition. On February 2nd of this year, 0202 of 2020, I was on a plane the day the Chiefs won the Super Bowl with the largest Native American chief in the United States of America, President John Jonathan Nez from the Navajo Nation. This is significant because the spirit of prejudice that's in this land first came against the First Nations people. And we need to understand this. Because when you deal with deliverance, you have to find out what the legal right was, what the original sin, what the root that gave that enemy access to the land to be able to undo it. We met more opposition here with the Native Americans. We were not able to connect with one single spirit-filled Native American in North Carolina. I went to four states around Minneapolis. Okay, God gave us a key. It had to do with the Native Americans. When we were on our trip over here, there were some things that happened. I don't even know if I told you about this or not, but um, on our way here, God began to speak to us about um, there was a gate open here, and it had to do with this prejudice thing that God had me dealing with. I didn't know what the Native American connection was. But on the way here, God begins to speak to us about a lab that was used to bring coronavirus in where they made this virus worse. And there was a gate open here. One of the guys that I was connected with when I told him Bob Jones, after Rusty right here, um, told me that Bob Jones was buried here. This guy I talked to and he sends me a, a text and it says Bob Jones was the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. And I was like, oh my God, that's astonishing. It wasn't Bob Jones the prophet. It was Bob Jones the Grand Dragon. At the same time you have Bob Jones the prophet, you have Bob Jones the Grand Dragon. This, this is very prophetically significant because there's two spirits working together. Two principalities working in this nation to tear this nation apart. There's a very another, another significant thing that's happened in this church re recently that has to do that. The spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of prejudice principalities. They both have to do with division. One is the division of the churches and the one is the division of the races. Now let me ask you a question. What causes division according to the Bible? James says, don't they come from the desires that battle within yourself? You want something you can't get. You kill, you covet. When you pray, you ask God, you ask a miss that you might burn up what you get on your own, right? This Something just happened in this church. You had somebody come in here and take half of the members out. Why? Because he wanted something. Well, you know when that happens as a believer, that hurts us. Why? Because we open ourselves up. We're vulnerable. We're loving one another. And, and, you know, we're human. And if somebody is selfish towards us, that hurts and wounds us. And then the natural instinct we have as people is to protect ourselves.
When we do that, if we do that, if we inadvertently protect ourselves from people, we're actually not loving them. And if you don't love your brother whom you see, or even your enemy who you see, you cannot love God. So the trap is we inadvertently disconnect ourselves from God at the same time. What does God want us to do? The cross, to be vulnerable. That's worship, y'all. That's what the world's looking for. This is going to shock everybody. The world's waiting for the true church to be revealed. This thing's manifesting. So um, Rusty told me that Bob Jones was here and all this happened. And we were like, we knew something was up but didn't quite know what it was. As we come here, we're making a video that actually took us 17 hours to complete. It was 17 uh, minutes and 21 seconds long. And in it, it's so awesome. John 17, 21 talks about the unity of the church. Father, that they would be one as we are one. I and you, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know you sent me. So when we have this radical type of love, Pastor, you know what? If you go serve that guy that took the people from you and just start blessing him, start loving him, you're going to get every, everybody's going to be like, what in the heck is going on? Wow. And the world wants to see that. And you know what? When that happens, you, it's going to be explosive power. It's going to bring glory to God. That's not easy. That's not easy. You know what, how we're going to heal the racial divide? Is when we start saying Black Lives Matter was created by three lesbian witches. And it's a Marxist organization designed to destroy this nation. And then when you get attacked by one of your black brothers, you have the patience and perseverance enough to begin to talk to him about the danger of keeping a record of wrongs in your heart and the trauma and that would be the bait of Satan that would give access to the enemy to enslave you by the lie of the enemy. That if you love him enough, if you love him enough to, to be persecuted, to die to yourself, to, to go through that affliction, the first part of, of love is patience, calmness under affliction. Perseverance, endurance under affliction. We are seeing black pastors, retired pastors. You know what? Slavery is a hard deal, y'all. That's ridiculous. I couldn't even look at what they did because of that offense trying to get in my heart. And a whole group of people went through it. The Native Americans, what they went through. The reason why Bob Jones prophesied that the Chiefs won is prophetic. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. What we learned here was a key, and it's a key that you can take with and run with, but it's going to take work. To go get with this guy that took half your members, that's going to take, you're going to have to die. You're going to have to die to do that. Probably a lot of y'all, you know, but man, God's going to get glory out of that. See, that's what the real church is about. You know, every one of the disciples died a martyr's death. Do you know the signature of a true Christian for you to be a real witness? It says, tarry in Jerusalem till you receive power from on high. This ain't even possible in your, in your self. You have to receive power from God. But this is what true revival is about. Power from on high to be my witnesses. When you work that, look that word witness up, 
in the concordance, it says, who after his example, Jesus' example, are by the strength and genuineness of their faith, are able to undergo a violent death. See, we have to ask ourselves today, are we at a place where our faith is the type of faith that will empower us to go through a violent death? Let's bring it a step further. Without offense in your heart. See, because that's what, when, when Jesus speaks to Peter, he says, uh, let me tell you the truth. When you were young, you went where you wanted to. But when you're old, someone else will stretch your arms out to dress. You called a cross. And it says, take you where you do not want to go. Right. See, that's, that's what true Christianity is about, is to go where you don't want to go. To do the hard thing. When it says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You're talking about the violent death, y'all, of yourself. It says forceful men lay hold of it. Why? Because the devil doesn't just roll over, y'all. You got to drive him out. If we're going to deal with this prejudiced spirit in the United States of America, which I'm going to tell you right now is the church's fault. It's our fault. You know why there's division in the nation? Because of division in the church. Because some, when we're selfish, that causes division. But are we tarrying into Jerusalem so we can receive power to do the unthinkable, to do the supernatural? See, the world's waiting to look. I was in a Panera Bread and uh, went up there, and this lady asked one of the guys, he, she says, oh, do you, have, do you have a mask on? And, and he says, oh, I'm not going to wear it. It's, it's unconstitutional. And this guy over here starts clapping. He goes, bravo, bravo, bravo. Now, he had a mask and everything, but you know what? He's, he comes up and he starts talking, and he's like F-bombing, F-bombing. And I'm like, he goes, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, he didn't say anything else. He wanted my number. He wanted, he wanted my teachings. Why? Because the world's looking for a church that is not natural. This supernatural. They're looking for the answer, y'all. Y'all are the answer. When we get in Christ to, the, to lay hands on people that get COVID and they get healed or, or drive out devils, the church is the one that's supposed to be the solution. You are the salt of the earth. You are the preservative. You know, if, if the church really knows what's happening to the nation, do you understand that COVID is a bioweapon? A Marxist false flag event, but it's re it's real. COVID's real. It was it's a bioweapon, okay? But it, it was created by a dark entity that is the spirit of antichrist and prejudice. Recognize the call on, on the gathering church. Bob Jones is buried here. The Bob Jones that was the grand, it, it's a literal prophetic representation of what's happening to the nation right now. In the location where the first state to declare its independence, 1776, on April 12th. The spirit of Antichrist, division in the church, and the spirit of prejudice, division in the races. This rooted in the Native Americans. When I came here, there was a, a person that contacted my wife and said, this is another crazy thing. I'm, I'm going to just say this right now. This lady right here, Mary Tupper, she, an angel visited her and told her to come here. She was how I got to Minnesota. She contacted me on Facebook 
and started talking to me about the schools and God started speaking to me about the Mississippi and the significance of it. She is literally a year ago how I got to Minnesota. It's not a coincidence. God gets us exactly where we need to be at the exact time. Okay? We are amply supplied. We have received everything we need to be able to accomplish the mission that God... The reason I'm here is to help empower you to accomplish the mission for North Carolina. That God's revealed these things to us. So when my wife came up here, we, we came... Uh, when was that? Anyway, it was just the last time I came. On the way here, we're doing the whole thing. With, and God's speaking to us about COVID. And she's told by an intercessor that worked with us in the first One Blood Revival that she needs to bring a staff to me. And so she's like, okay, well, Devin has a staff. Well, somebody came to my church and the Lord told him he needed to give this staff to the first pastor he preached at their church. So he gives me the staff. I didn't think of anything about it. In the One Blood Revival in 2019 in Baton Rouge, um, I bring it. It's the only time I ever brought the staff anywhere. I bring it to this revival. I, feel, I guess the Lord told me to bring it. And when I'm there, a man tells me, I got, he, uh, Jay Tragel got that staff at an Indian reservation. And I'm like, really? Wow, that's crazy. Well, she brings that same staff here. After I preach here, the next night my wife has a dream. And she wakes up at like 12. She's like, did we lose a large skeleton key? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the skeleton key is. No, I don't think so. I said, I'm trying to sleep. And then she wakes me up at 3 o'clock. And I'm like, she's like, I think we lost a skeleton key. Just like abruptly like that. I'm, I'm like, I don't know what skeleton. What are you talking about? And, and I'm like, just go to sleep. <laughs> and so then she wakes me up at 5. Finally, I'm like. What in the heck? I don't know what the skeleton key is. What are you talking about? And the Lord speaks to me clear as day. He says, it's your staff. I'm like, well, I'm like, man, I got I to gotta message this guy and find out where he got the skeleton key from. So I messaged him, and he said, I got it in Cherokee, North Carolina. So I look up Cherokee, Cherokee North Carolina, and you know what I find? The trail of tears. It's a governmental sin that the ecclesia of God is the only one with the power to do anything about it. Because it was a governmental sin. So only a government can be involved in the reinstatement. I tried to connect with Native Americans here. Literally, I'm in Cherokee, North Carolina, trying to, and I got a, I got a Native American manifesting on me. I mean, he, and they've been through some stuff, but he, he's full of demons. And my wife calls me up. She gets kicked off of a plane in Atlanta, Georgia, because she wouldn't wear a mask. And just at that appropriate time, she decided she needed to take a stand. <laughs> I had to drive 16 hours. I had to immediately, well, talk about warfare, y'all. The devil is scared of what will happen in North Carolina if the church wakes up, y'all. I'm telling you, and I believe that this church has a mantle to be able to do this. Now, how I got the date for the One Blood Revival, I was leaving North Carolina in November of last year, and the Lord tells me, I said, I want you to do One Blood Revival on 9-11-2020. He said, because it's an emergency. And he says, just like oranges get ripe before winter happens because you need vitamin C to fight off a flu, the body of Christ is fixing to enter in a winter season 
Well, did we winter enter into a winter season or what? He said, but you're going to need spiritual vitamin C. The church will need spiritual vitamin C, 2020 spiritual vision, to navigate the course that's in front of them. Man, that all happened. I go to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I go into a meeting called the Mississippi River Revival Meeting. In that meeting, the uh, guy that runs the meeting interrupts his guest speaker, and he says, I feel like God wants me to give this testimony. And he says, I have this friend, Israel Hannah. He left from uh, the headwaters of the Mississippi River and went down the river blowing the shofar and praying over every city and town down the Mississippi. And he arrived in New Orleans on 9-11, at 9 a.m. in the morning. This is literally two years to the exact hour of the planes hitting the building. And so I, uh, that was the confirmation for me. I contact this guy, talk to him. He tells me uh, the... Uh, yeah, that's what happened. And uh, he said, the Lord told me the river's going to move by an earthquake. And I'm like, well, I mean, the Lord's given us seven signs the river was going to move also. So that stands, you know, in agreement with what God's telling us. And so we let that pass. Uh, long story short, five days before the Floyd thing happened, God reveals the two governmental sins that happened in Minnesota. And uh, we start moving towards with a location to do it there. And while I'm in Minnesota, I went to four different states, all the Indian reservations, to meet with a spirit-filled Native American. Because God showed us in 2018 at the Azusa Street uh, Revival, uh, they, I guess they've been having one for a little bit, like um, on the anniversary. It was in the 112th year. He said in a dream, he showed us to be able to remove the legal right of the principality and power of prejudice, you have to capitulate to the Native Americans. This is also a key for church unity. Capitulate means that I build your church. That I consider you above myself. Okay? It's a biblical principle. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we did that. God showed us. He said if we capitulate to a Native American ministry called GTN, the Gathering of Tribal Nations, and help them fulfill their mandate to gather the tribal nations and give them the kingdom of God, we would undo the legal right that the spirit of prejudice had to our land. So we did it, and we had some success. This small hand shift nations thing where we're occupying the land uh, was developed out of that. Then I'm going to, uh, to Minnesota to do what we were doing. But we were able to meet four states in a spirit-filled believer in every single reservation in those four states, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. When I came to North Carolina, I could not meet with one. Okay, so this is what I've learned about deliverance. You've got to drive devils out. And the more the devil comes against you, the more threatened that he is of what you might accomplish. So I want you to let that sink in to understand about the significance of this church and the significance of the state of North Carolina. Okay? Literally, this state and this church, the nation kings in the balance the and, and, and the devil's just not going to roll up You're, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence this church needs to get violent this church needs to get forceful okay you need to stare this uncircumcised philistine in the eyes and say who is this uncircumcised philistine that defies the armies of the living god you've come at me with javelin and spear but i've come at you in the name of the living god Okay, I'm telling you, 
It's right now, everything's in the balance. This church needs to mobilize. And these Native Americans are a big deal. Okay? It's a big deal. So this guy, I'm up in, in, uh, in Minnesota. I'm staying at this lady's house. She opens a book called The Threshing Floor. That's prophetic too. Where was the threshing floor in the, in the Bible? Well, it, David, right? Well, what caused the plague to come in the land? They counted the number in their army. They worshiped the creature instead of the creator. When we begin to put our faith in the people that God sent us, the army that God gave us instead of the God that gave us the army, then we allow the enemy to come in. We won't preach truth anymore because we're scared of people going to walk out the door. And then we don't tr hold back true evil. This is how we got it. So it's significant. To get this thing turned around, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us everything, y'all. Jesus said no one can be my disciple unless he give up all he has. The only problem is we're shrinking back. You know what the Bible was taken out in 1948? God told me this. He said, because the gatekeepers shrank back from the battle. We got to stop shrinking back. We got to stare these devils in their eyes and start occupying. Because God will show up. It might not look good. You might be in front of the Red Sea. And the army might be becoming. But that's part of God's purpose. You know what he told them? He said, oh, turn around, Israel. And go wait. They were going to the sea. He said, no, no, no. Turn around and wait. And he says, the, the Egyptians are going to think they're confused. And then I hardened Pharaoh's heart and made him pursue the people of God. That I might show the Egyptians my glory. See, God's looking for the true church to rise up that he might display his glory through you. He's making the battle hard. He's hardening Pharaoh's heart. God could have done it easier, but he's looking for the church to rise up. Man, how about the church rise up like the army we're supposed to be? Are we an army? Are we an army dressed for battle? Are y'all ready to eat some giants? I know I am. I'm trying to impart it to you. How about every single church? Why don't the church go sit on the governor's lawn and show him who's boss? Huh? Call upon your gods and see who responds. Call upon your gods and see who responds. But where's the church? He don't do anything without the church. All he needs you to do is show up. How about we set up on the governor's lawn at every single mansion, 24-hour prayer and worship until we get his attention. But it might all get filled with the Holy Ghost and we just have revival. That's what we're doing every day. We're at the governor's mansion for two hours. But I'm only one man, and we're only a couple people. And the church has got to rise up. And this thing will progressively get worse until the church wakes up. The only reason this is happening is because the church ain't awake. God is going to wake his church up. This is the 400-year anniversary of the Mayflower Compact. He ain't going to do it because of your righteousness. He ain't going to do it because you're so good. He's going to do it for his namesake. Because he told our forefathers, this is what I'm going to do with this land. America shall be saved. We got a hard way or we got an easy way. It's up to us. But we got to start setting some people on fire, y'all. We got to start. God is with us. Man, it just... So this guy, I'm in, I'm in Minnesota. This lady opens this book, Threshing Floor. And he has this testimony of this guy that went down the river. I'm like astonished. I'm like, I can't believe this is in this book. I start reading it, and I had the testimony wrong. It said he left Minnesota that day, 
1999 at 9 a.m. in the morning. So I call the guy back up. I say, Israel, I told you the testimony. And this thing says you left that day. I thought you arrived in New Orleans on day. No, I left that day. I'm like, man. So uh, why, why'd you go down the Mississippi River? He said, oh, well, God was telling me that until the church brought healing into the First Nation reservations, there's going to be judgment in America and not revival. The revival will be directly relational to the healing that the church brings in to the First Nations people. The blueprint God gave us, the small hand shift nations, it's got an evangelistic component to it. I believe it's the original evangelistic model that Jesus gave the 12 and the 70. This is what God told me. He says, you will gather the tribal nations by the power of God. He said, the son of peace, oikos evangelistic model is power evangelism. That ties in with Scott's ministry. All right, the, the mantle that's on 425, power evangelism. God wants the church awake back to power. We have to die to ourselves to move in power, though. Our agendas, our schemes, our methods, all this stuff short circuits the power of God. Yeah. God's got to be the MC. Yeah. Then he said, it has the power to push oppression out of every reservation. Y'all don't really understand the scope of what I just said, though. Because if you're like me, I had never been on the Native American Reservation. I had no clue. God sent me the first time in April of uh, 2019. As soon as I went on the reservation, I felt oppression like I've never felt it in my entire life. It was unbelievable, crushing oppression, y'all. And then I felt the grieving heart of God over eternal souls that were being lost because of it. And then I, I saw firsthand what was happening. That they put up fences across the gorges because they had mass groups of teenagers jumping off cliffs together to kill themselves. They had people freezing to death in the streets, passed out from alcoholism. <clears throat> God's not okay with it. The only question is, are we willing to do what's necessary to do something about it? Because it's going to cost us. But if we don't do it, you'll lose a nation. If this nation doesn't get its house in order, you will lose it. Schools are a big deal. <clears throat> it is the foundation. Another foundational issue is these Native Americans. This is going to be war in the spirit, y'all. Okay? We may get physical manifestation of war if we don't do it. I'm telling you that if we do this, it's going to be directly relational of what we experience. Okay? Now, he tells me, I said, well, when did you arrive in New Orleans? He said, on 11-11. That's the 400-year anniversary of the Mayflower Compact was 11-11. Scott and Harry, on Halloween, on a blue moon, I was, I was doing a mission around the Georgia Guidestones. Georgia's like point right now. If it collapses, it'll be like dominoes. The Lord shows me Scott and Harry is coming to Baton Rouge on 11-11. I'm about freaked out, you know? It's not a coincidence. So as I'm talking to him, this guy, Israel Hannah, says, man, you, oh my God. He said, you're not going to believe this. I said, try me. <laughs> And he, and he says, well, I read this one-year Bible, and uh, I'm, I use it as a, uh, a journal when God speaks something to me. He said, I'm literally looking at this page, today's date, and it says, God 
why do you want me to go down the Mississippi River? And he says, I need a sign. So I called this man up exactly 21 years to the exact date, asking him the same question that he asked God 21 years prior. 21 is 777. That's God's divine order times three, the Trinity community. It's about God is doing something. He said, let us make man in our own image. So I'm not talking about something I thought God said. I'm telling you, this is fact. This is fact. I'll stake my life on it. My eternity on it. Important for the gathering church. Because there's a mandate on North Carolina. And the devil has been fighting tooth and nail. It wasn't only me that came here. And you may have met these people. We had a divine encounter with a group of people. And they were coming here on a mission from God. And then right there in that meeting, a lady prophesied to her about the trail of tears being uh, the key. We gave her seven flash drives to connect with Native Americans here. They came here. They experienced unbelievable warfare. We're not able to connect with any Native Americans. I literally believe that if you do this, you shut the gate for COVID. The guy prayed, want to take authority over COVID? This is how you do it. I, I, if, I don't, maybe everybody doesn't have um, experience in deliverance. What you're seeing is a manifestation. That means this devil is threatened in our country, and we literally have the opportunity for deliverance. And God is setting this thing up, y'all. Okay? But when I cast a, a demon of prejudice out of a lady, and this was the first time I began to learn about legal rights of demons, I told her to come out in the name of Jesus Christ, and it says, no, she's mine. She obeyed me since she was a little girl. And I'm like stunned because I just, I was told they come out when you say in the name of Jesus. But this thing got an attitude with me. So I was like, the Lord speaks to me and he says, command it to tell you what right it has to be there. So God Almighty said it had a right to be there. That's why Jesus showed up on earth. You know that? Because the devil had a right to earth. It had, because he took it. it. The whole thing in the garden. That's why Jesus had to come. And he had to die on the cross to create an opportunity through repentance. The gospel is repentance first, then forgiveness. If you don't repent, you're not going to be forgiven. You got to repent. Then you can be forgiven. It's still great news. Not even good. It's great news. So uh, I, tell, I call the girl back up. I, I tell the demon that. I say, uh, I command you in the name of Jesus. Tell me what right you have to be here. And it says, it was everything she was taught since she was a little girl. Check out what's happening on the media. The false prophet infecting the hearts of hundreds of millions of people. And you're the only one that can do anything about it. Because you're the one that's anointed by the spirit of the sovereign Lord to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. But are you willing to pay the cost, y'all? Are you willing to pay the cost? Because you have to be willing to be persecuted. Do you love them enough to get persecuted? You, you, they're taking, I don't care what color you are. If you believe in Jesus, we're in the same family. Who is my mother and brother and sister? It's those who do the will of God. Those are your, your brothers and sisters that the devil's trying to take captive through trauma. And you're the one with the healing oil to do something about it. But are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to pay the cost to push oppression out of the Indian reservations? It's going to cost us. We're going to have to let go of our life on earth, man. Stop throwing this rat race chasing the American dream. 
Maybe get rid of a car or payment or something so you go do what you need to do. This is serious. If not, we're going to lose the nation, y'all. God is pleading with you today. Will you go? Will you go? See this? I put this up on the reason, for a reason. This is where we're at. What a little frog been boiling the water since 1948 when they took the Bible out of schools. James Wilson said this, first Supreme Court Justice, second most active man in the Constitutional Convention. He said, we're now in peaceable possession of the promised land. After much turmoil and bloodshed. See, patriots paid with their blood, their money, their fortunes, their honor for you to have this freedom that we take for granted today. He said, must we after all this return to the flesh pots of Egypt? We're in the flesh, flesh pot right now and it's boiling. If we don't jump out, we're going to get cooked. And all that's needed for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. I have come to set the earth on fire and how I longed for the heart to be already ablaze with this fiery passion for God. That's good, man. Luke 12, 49. People of God, we got to do something. We got to get serious. If we don't fight this spiritual battle, we're gonna be, they gonna, people are going to have guns. Blood's going to be spilled. Some of that might happen already. But we can push it back. You got to realize it's spiritual. If we remove the legal right and begin to push it out, you'll be amazed at how little God really needs to, to move in an unbelievable way. We've seen it, y'all. He'll do more than you could ever think or imagine. But we got to do something. Okay? I'm telling you, you're, we are literally in an Amos 9, 11 through 13 moment. Where the plowman overtakes the reaper. A supernatural increase. We're in that season right now. But we got to do something. I mean, I'm telling you, North Carolina, the gathering place church needs to go find some Indians. I'm telling you, man, go find We have the tools. All you got to do is go give it to them. I mean, I'll even follow up on them if you connect with them. But for some reason, I believe God's trying to use the people in this territory to do it. Whatever it is, I've never met that type of opposition. But that encourages me. I take it as a compliment. I get excited because the devil thinks I'm going to have success. And he's so scared of it. He's fighting with everything that's in him. That just gets me more fired up. You, my, my intercessor already says, he says, the greatest compliment you can have is that your name be known in hell. Guess what? The Gathering Place Church, your name's known in hell. The devil is threatened by you. But people of God, we got to suit up with honor, with armor. We got to get our armor on. We got to get tenacious. We got to set our face like flint. Don't accept no for an answer. Don't take any prisoners and go possess the land. You got to come in with a good report of Caleb and Joshua, okay, and say we're more than able to take the land. We must go up at once. They are like grasshoppers to us. And you got to go possess it. Is it going to be easy? No. But God's going to rain down fire from heaven to fight with you if he has to. Hold the sun up in the sky for a day and a night. He will do it. But you got to move. Okay, we got to move. So this revival that your pastor came to, okay, it was done 100, no, it was done 
um, 12, no, 21 years, 21 years, 777, 21 years to the exact day and hour of this guy leaving the headwaters of the Mississippi River. The day we had the revival, Derek Chauvin, that was charged with George Floyd's death, was in the courtroom looking for his case to be dismissed because George Floyd had lethal levels of fentanyl and other drugs in his system, and he had three um, life-threatening conditions. He said he did not die from that. There's no way they can convict him. What you saw was a manifestation of that spirit. If we don't back down, we can drive him out and we can occupy. But people of God, we got to get our house in order. I believe you had Sundar Salvarez. Is that how you say his name? He came here. One of the things he said, this is very, very important. He says, what America needs is not revival. What America needs is to get their house in order. Okay, we're fighting with everything we had, but Trump is not the solution. Trump is a trumpet. He is a wrench in, in the devil's plans. He is a stay of execution for the church. And God is offering us on a silver platter. A Josiah generation moment where we can restore, cut down the idols, restore true worship to the house of God and have many more years of blessing. But even if Trump's elected, if we don't get our house in order, I'm telling you, the spiritual forces are waiting on us. We have to inform people. We have to mobilize. We have to occupy. And we have to get our house back in order. Trump is saying this. This is what we need to know. So Trump is a trumpet according to Ken Clement. He says... Uh, fake news, church don't say nothing. He says, hydroxychloroquine, people are dying because they're being treated wrong. Church ain't saying nothing. They says, mail-in ballots, the church. There he is, right there. That's what they're doing. On a large part, there's some people waking up and doing some stuff. Praise God for them. <laughs> we got to get, get the rest of them out of that pot. And now... So this is something very significant that happened. I don't know if the, you knew this or not, Pastor, but after we did the One Blood Revival, it was, we literally protested Black Lives Matter that was in the stadium. They wouldn't let me there. They said, if you come, we're going to have you arrested. We're going to sue you, take our names off of everything. God said, set up on Fort Snelling, protest them. And, and that's what I told them. I started telling this lady for 30 minutes, I preached to her. And she says, well, you didn't have protest on there at first. I said, I was going to talk to you nicely first and try to get you set free. But now you want to have Black Lives Matter in there most divided thing in the whole nation and say that you Minnesota United we come in to protest you because God ain't all right with it and, and so I set up on Fort on Snelling Road I sat right there God said a police officer is going to tell you where I want you to be he comes up at nine o'clock the first morning and he, he tells me oh you can't be parked here I said well it's my right to protest we're protesting this devil that's influencing these people right he said well you, you got to move I said well you need to tell me where I'm going to move so he gets on the phone with the chief of police talks to the chief of police and he comes back and he says, well, you can come move over here on Allianz Fields parking lot, right in their main lawn. I said, are you sure? Because these are the people that said they were going to sue me and have me arrested if I stepped foot on their property, right? So the police officer brings me over there, sets me there, and then here comes the security. They can't be here. They've already been talked to. No, they're not supposed to be here. We got orders. And the guy goes, whatever, man. Uh, you can talk to the chief of police of uh, St. Paul because he told them to come here. They already talked to the Lions, so you need to call him. And he said, they're staying right here. And so that's what we got to understand as the church. 
Okay, everything looked wrong. It was the Red Sea circumstance. Why? Okay, and everything said, no, we're not going to be able to do it. But we didn't believe the report of the devil. We believed the report of the Lord. And what did God do? He moved us right at the devil's coffee table. And then we worshiped and we prayed for 12 consecutive hours on one day. And then 12 consecutive hours the next day while we hammered the devil in his face. And he couldn't even do anything about it because he was disarmed. And then this is what came out of it. This is significant. You know, a lot of times we have these big stadiums. God, ain't, God told me you can get few and shift the nation, but you can get many and do nothing. Why? Because if we're doing it to be seen, we already received our reward. But if we're trying to do it in secret, do it how God wants to, then God's going to move. He's looking for the Gideon army. Are you going to trust God? He's looking for the one little ruddy guy that can't wear the armor and don't even come to the fight with a sword, but says, huh, I'm going to crack your head with this smooth stone called Jesus, and then I'm going to cut your head off with your own sword. And that's what's about to happen in the United States of America. Right after we did it, President Trump removed all critical race theory throughout the federal government. Everybody was being indoctrinated, right? Because that spirit is spoken into them. Remember I told you about the girl? He said everything she was taught since she was a little girl. I called that, the lady back up because I was talking to that devil. And I told that lady, I said, the devil said he has a legal right to you. And it's everything you were taught since you were a little girl. When I said that, she screamed at the top of her lungs, and she coughed the devil of prejudice up. People of God, as this nation is going to be delivered from the spirit of prejudice and antichrist, we're going to have to stop allowing it to be taught in the schools, in the government, and over the media. Okay? There's some things developing, but the church has to mobilize. God's got things in place where the media will be taken over. What developed after that is uh, we were actually looking at the Save America Conference. We'll go to every state in the United States of America with all the training and the tools to mobilize people to take all seven mountains, take over the media, take over the government, take over the schools. We need to listen to what the trumpet's saying. He's a trumpet, y'all. Okay, he's a trumpet. The shofar is blown to assemble the ecclesia. The church needs to assemble on what Trump is saying. He is literally God's trumpet. Okay? He is saying now, I will make school choice a reality in my next term. Man, y'all need to give the Lord a hand clap on that one. If we'll choose to be in the Lord's fast now, Isaiah 58, we'll be the repair of the breach, the restore of walls that are broken, okay, to bring in school choice. Now, check this out. If he brings in school choice and the ecclesia does not respond, the devil will occupy that mountain again. You must fill that with something. It's our job to do that. The church at large needs to mobilize quickly as a hostile takeover. If we can pay attention to what God is saying, but we got to pay attention to what God is saying, count the cost, pay the cost to do it. What's at stake are, our, are the future of our children and the future of our nation. Okay? For too long, we took our kids out, we homeschooled them, but we forgot about our neighbors. Uh, the ones we left behind have become the left. The left is our fault. We didn't love our neighbor. We gotta love our neighbor. We gotta love our enemies. Okay? We gotta have compassion, man. We gotta suffer with these people. Understand, put yourself in the place of the Native Americans. What happened to them? That's trauma. Serious, y'all. The African Americans, what happened to them? You have the anointing. 
that can heal what the brokenhearted. Biggest problem is the, the the root for oppression is the offense, the record of wrongs. The biblical teaching is that to forgive. Why do we forgive? As worship to God. We forgive as worship to God. We've left toolboxes here for the Small Hand Shift Nations uh, campaign. We're willing to do whatever we need to do to help y'all. My number is yes, one, two, three, four. God's just looking for your yes to change the nation. That's all he's looking for, y'all. That's prophetic. Gave it to me 20, uh, 20 years ago. 225, yes, one, two, three, four. Why? Because God is just simply looking for your yes and then go one, two, three, four. Start moving. Start doing something. All that's needed for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Okay, we got to do something. It's going to cost you. It ain't going to be easy. But if, if you don't pay this cost, there's going to get cost that nobody wants to pay. I'm telling you right now, it's not coincidence that I'm here. You, you look, this guy tells me Bob Jones is buried here. This lady here was the one that brought me up to Minnesota. She was visited by an angel to come here. It's crazy. I was shocked when I saw her. And I'm on a plane. The day that Bob Jones prophesied would be a sign of the greatest revival and harvest of souls the earth has ever seen in 2016 right after a black man was killed in baton rouge louisiana it caused riots and all this stuff and the people prayed and there was a storm 140,000 houses flooded on august 11 2016 god gave me this word he said the greatest harvest of souls the earth has ever seen is about to hit the planet but it will not come like most expect we didn't expect this did we he said, the earth is going to go through a time of fasting. That I'm going to cause my people to hunger and to thirst. To teach them that man does not live Amen. by bread alone. But every word that proceeds out of my mouth. I'm going to tell you, church of the living God. Beloved of God. The level that we hunger and thirst to get this done is on us. We, we could turn now, and then, we, you know, we could come out of it. But it's up to us. God, the only reason, we're allowing these things to happen. The church has, okay? But God allows it because he said, you know, you're going to reap what you sow. There's warnings all through the Bible, okay? But it's actually the grace and the love of God. Just like you discipline your child to keep them out of jail or dying or hell. Why? Because you love them. That's what Jesus said. Those I love. I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. We got to repent, y'all. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. The lady spoke about God bringing Donald Trump to his knees. He's not just bringing Donald Trump to his knees. He's bringing us to our knees. He's brought me here to proclaim this because I've been on my knees. He says, and seek my face. See how God does it. God don't do things our way. Some of the stuff I told you probably could be foreign. I know it's all spiritual. So if, there's any, if we're looking at it in the natural mind, we're not going to understand it. But when we get in the presence of God and then we seek his face and then God shows us this is how he sees it. This is how I see it. This is how it needs to be done. At that point it says, and turn from their wicked ways. Then... And only then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. 
This is a critical moment in history. God has put the gathering church on the apex, the head of the spear. I'm telling you, God sent me here. I didn't come on my own car. God sent me here. And, and your pastor that hears the Lord really well, a jewel in the kingdom, man. I hadn't seen any like him. And I, I'm, I'm not a big flatterer, but that's the truth. But he needs y'all. The nation needs y'all right now. There's so much in the balance. We got to turn. You know what? God needs y'all to go find these native, go find these spiritual field Native Americans. Help bring healing in their land. God needs y'all to go after his kids. This is what God told me. He said, how much is your, your grandson worth? I said, he's worth everything, Lord. I said, I'll take a bullet. I'll travel across the nation, no amount of money. And he says, why are my children worth less? And I was just like, oh my God, what are you talking about, Lord? He said, my children are behind every door. See, we took our kids out and we homeschooled them. But we left God's kids to themselves. Us four and no more. We gotta love our neighbor, man. If if we're gonna change the world, we gotta love the neighbor. And this is what the Bible says. He says, whatever you've done to the least one of these brothers of mine, you've done it unto me. Whatever we did to the Native American, we did it to God. Whatever we did to the African American, we did it to God. Whatever we did to these kids that were behind the doors that didn't have the opportunity to go to private education. I'm telling you, y'all, they are literally being indoctrinated by the Antichrist. God's not okay with it. He told me on March 10th, he said, the children of the American public school system are being indoctrinated by the Antichrist. He said, hardly anyone knows. Why? Because we ain't told them. I was in a church, man, for years. The man, my so, the associate pastor is homeschooling his kids and never told me about my kids, what they were up to. My kids are socialists now. Can you imagine what that does to somebody's heart? I was doing God's kingdom, and then I'm sending them to school and didn't even know. And my own brother didn't even have the mindset to even tell me what was happening in the public school system. We have a duty, y'all, to tell these people, to inform them. Why? Because people perish without a lack of knowledge. If they don't have the knowledge, they just don't know. Most everybody don't know. That's what God said. He said, hardly anyone knows. And he says, then the ones that do don't care. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand in front of God and God say, you just didn't care, man. You just didn't care. I don't want to stand there. I don't want to be in that situation. We got to understand, and I hope that it imparted to you to realize that these are God's kids and he's not okay with them not knowing or them not having opportunity. And the only way we should remove this government is if the people come together, if the church comes together. Our biggest hindrance, our biggest threat is the disunity of the church. We got to die to ourselves to make sure we unify because we need each other. That church is separated from you, man. Wash the dude's feet, man, because the nation is at stake. You'll get everybody's attention. You'll freak him out. The glory will come, y'all. You know where when the glory came, when God answered by fire, when the sacrifice died, the glory of God consumed the sacrifice. When we die to ourselves, to our opinion, to our carnality, to our fear, to our selfishness, the glory of God is going to answer by fire. If we die, God will consume what we're doing with fire, with power. 
that has the ability to change a nation and save a generation. What are they worth, y'all? What are they worth? I'm asking you. Man, pour out everything that's in you. What's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you everything. It's not my words. It's Jesus' words. He said, anyone who wants to be my disciple must give up all he has. Yet we've been holding on to all we have. The nation's at stake. God's given a call in Moravian Falls at the gathering church, at the place where Bob Jones is buried. A mantle that would be picked up by another generation. Will you say yes to God today? If you'll say yes to God today, I want you to come up to this altar. Because this altar is a place of death. Okay? This ain't going to be no tickle my ear. When you come up here, you're saying, I'm willing to die for your cause, for your mandate, God. I'm willing to die to myself. I'm willing to give it all that a nation might be saved, that a generation might be saved, that your glory may fall. Don't come up here if you're not going to die because this is an altar. This is a place of death where we do business with God. Shut up.